fresh off a 17-10 win, Patriots took down the Eagles, but it was pretty much what we saw for the first, you know, six or seven, eight weeks of the year. Patriots offense struggles, the defense saves the day. Yeah, I um, I thought the most interesting aspect of this game, quite frankly, was Tom Brady's um, short post-game press conference, his tone. Um, you know, he, he continues to be asked about, you know, what are his thoughts on the offense? How do you feel about your offense? And, you know, I thought this was a game that hinged really on one drive in the to open the, the, the second half in the third quarter. And your two plays on that drive I thought were a 30-yard screenplay to Rex Burkhead, which was essentially a missed tackle by the Eagles that allowed the play to happen. He should have been wrapped up for basically no gain. And then your touchdown where you had to run a double pass in the red zone to get a touchdown to Philip Dorsett. Now, it worked. Give Josh McDaniels credit. It was a hurry-up, up-tempo drive, and he dialed up that double pass, and it got Philip Dorsett wide open, and Julian Edelman nailed it. Um, but that's not exactly how you draw up NFL offense to have to resort to a double pass in the red zone. So I think Tom Brady right now, I, you know, I, I think all quarterbacks want to quote lead their teams to victory. And I think he feels like he leaves this game. Like, did I lead my team to victory or did we use a trick play and defense and three field goals to win? Yeah, Brady's post-game press conference was a minute and 45 seconds, and if you had just watched that and didn't watch the game, you probably thought the Patriots got blown out. He just wasn't having it, uh, clearly was frustrated with the offense, didn't really want to talk very much. Even his responses weren't normal Brady-like responses, so clearly he's frustrated. You can you know look at all aspects of the offense, and I thought him in particular didn't really have a very good game. Um, they, they called another trick play too. the uh, pass that the, he tried to hit Dorsett, but that was an underthrown ball. Another one to Edelman I thought was underthrown. Uh, he was getting those happy feet in the pocket. Um, definitely wasn't Tom Brady's best game because even when he had guys open, he was missing them. And he, it's typical, you know, when he's under pressure, he thinks he has less time than he actually has. And I think he missed a lot of opportunities that were there. So I think he's as, as at fault as any other person on the offense for their struggles. Yeah, I did, you know, I do the thumbs up, thumbs down for our website post game, and he ended up in the thumbs down column. And you don't get that too often, but you sort of articulated some of the issues, but I thought it was basically all over. Um, you know, short passes. There was a little short pass early down in the red zone to James White where he didn't even give him a chance. Now, I don't think he would have scored, but he threw it like two yards out in front of him. I thought the accuracy was not very good short. Then deep, he didn't. It, you know, it was another one of their trick plays that didn't lead to a wide open, easy uh, target down the field, but he didn't throw it deep enough to allow, you know, Dorsett to maybe run under it. He had another underthrown ball to Edelman when, again, he was open. It's not an easy throw, but he didn't make the play. Um, and then the screen game, which apparently was, looked like early on, it was one of the things they must have decided was either coming out of the bye week, something they needed to do more of, or something to target you know, this game plan against this Eagles defense, and it was not efficient. It wasn't working. Um, he didn't look overly comfortable because it was a lot of misdirection screens where you sort of fake one way, turn back the other way, and he ended up shovel passing a couple times, almost push passing. It just, it didn't look quite right. He never looked overly comfortable in the pocket. He didn't look overly comfortable on screen. I, it's just, it's to the point where I think he's a little frustrated and I, I brought this up to some, you know, I did uh, an, another show 
uh, post game show on Patriots.com. And you think this has anything to do with this could be his last year in New England? Like he's midway through this season, and it's like I'm I'm not having a great year. And you know Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl when he didn't really win the Super Bowl. Like no one wants to give him credit for that. He ended up just riding a defense. And maybe Brady's like, wait a minute, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm riding a defense. We don't have much of an offense. And then the next thing is what he has articulated. And that's, this is what we got. I know everybody can point to the Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. Rob Gronkowski Instagram announcement, but I'm not sure that that's going to involve him returning to the Patriots. Quite frankly, I'm pretty sure it's not. It's going to be another bait and switch marketing ploy by Rob Gronkowski. So, you know, other than Isaiah Wynn, like what do you point to as the solution to believe this offense is going to show significant improvement over the next month and a half as the games grow more important? I'm not saying that it is, but you got Nikhil Harry out there today, rookie first round pick. Uh, played more than he was probably originally going to play because of the injury to Philip Dorsett. Um, I mean, it was fine for a first game, and he, he didn't really like negatively hurt the team, but he didn't really do anything to you know boost the offense. I'm sure he'll get better in time, but I don't know if he's a guy that can drastically change what's going on right now. But I guess overall, we have to touch on, on Harry. I thought that he did fine for his debut, but like I said before, it wasn't really like a game-changing addition by any means, but it was good that he was out there and was able to fill Dorsett's void without really any issues. Yeah, I thought it was a, a good first effort. There was no obvious, like, what the hell is this young receiver doing out there? You know, he caught the ball basically when it was thrown to him, three catches on four targets, only got 18 yards. Um, but it was a it was a, a stepping stone or a leaping off point. Um, but, you know, is that really going to get that much better where he's an impact guy? And in more likely fashion, you know, you, you point to Isaiah Wynn. He's the one obvious coming back solidify the line. I don't know if he's Superman because it feels like everybody's counting on him to sort of fix everything, the running game, the passing game, everything. And he's a left tackle who's played, you know, a game and a couple quarters in Miami to start this year. I think that's a little little too much being put in his um, basket or, or on his plate there. And then in all likelihood, like Philip Dorsett left, right? After, you know, on the touchdown, the 15-yard touchdown that ended up winning the game for the Patriots, more than likely you're going to lose people or at least for portions of time, you're going to lose Sony Michelle or James White for a, a toe or an ankle or a knee or something for a couple of weeks. So it's not even that you can't really count on anything added to the mix. You have a very, very small margin for error right now, and you're probably going to deal with some other adversities along the way over the next um, next month and a half to close out the regular season. And then the other thing I would say is I know people get down on us as the media, and I was listening to our um, post-game show, W-E-E-I, you know, Glenn Ordway and Fred. Right, I know them. Yeah. Um, they tend to be, I would say, glass half full when it comes to the Patriots. Very positive. Um, wasn't an overly positive post-game show tonight. And I think they used Tom Brady's own tone. You know, they were just, the last thing I heard was them saying, how would you describe him? Was he sad or pissed off or mad? And so even guys that I think tend to give the team and the quarterback the, the utmost benefit of the doubt and see the positive side, realize like this isn't good enough right now. You won. You know, that's all that matters for the here and for the now. You won. You made it to nine and one. You stay ahead of the Ravens. You're the best record in football, all those things. But is this going to be good enough moving forward? And right now, there just isn't a margin for error 
There, there just really isn't a mark because the defense, if you get, you know, if you get a game where the defense has a couple hiccups, which they had one hiccup tonight, basically, where they gave up the drive, the drive to start the game. Um, even Bill, interestingly, sort of Bill Belichick sort of talked about they thought they had the interception and they kind of they only felt like they gave up three points in the game. Well, you didn't because they reviewed it and they decided it was a touchdown. The, the people that actually officiate the game, um, you gave up a touchdown. But, you know, Brady hit uh, McLeod, I think his name was in the end zone. Should have been an interception. Yep. Sony Michelle deflected a short pass in the middle of the field that probably should have been an interception. So this could have been uglier than it even was the way it played out. And when your margin for error is that small, if you make a couple of those mistakes, which just happened, or if the other team just gets a play, you know, gets a punt return, gets a kick return, gets some sort of a big play, you lose, you go home. And, and I just, I think that's, I would say resignation is a good word to throw around for both Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I think there's a sense of it's November 17th and yes, we're nine and one and cruising, but are we cruising? You know, the records, you know, the old Bill Parcells, your record says you're nine and one. So you're nine and one. That's what you are. Well, yeah, I guess I agree with that, but are you that good in terms of if you play a good team on January 17th or whatever that date's going to be, are you going to beat that team? And we've seen, I don't know, what, how many playoff caliber teams have they played? The Bills. Three. Right? right? They beat the Bills 16-10, a game you said they should have lost in Buffalo. Yep. Um, <laughs> they lost to the Ravens in Baltimore, and they were in a dogfight with the Eagles which I think is a playoff caliber team. They could win the NFC East very easily. So that margin for error is either you lose or you're in a one-score game. And anytime you're in a one-score game, you're a single play away from losing that game. So I, I don't want to be overly negative, but I also think there's plenty of reason to be doubtful, I guess would be the word, of, of what this team's doing right now because it's really hard to win with just defense. Well, yeah, you're coming off the bye week. You sort of had – you got Nikhil Harry back. You had all these guys back, and you expected, to, you know, this to sort of be – the Eagles defense, they're a decent defense, but not, you know, a great NFL defense you can't score against. And you resorted to calling a double pass in the red zone to score the game-winning touchdown because you couldn't do anything otherwise. Like, that speaks to their struggles in the red zone. Like, that's not a good thing that you're calling a trick play in the red zone to score a touchdown. And I know I tweeted that out and got a lot of crap for it on Twitter, but that's the reality of the situation. Like, good teams, good NFL offenses aren't calling trick plays in the red zone. They're calling trick plays and we're at their own 40-yard line and need, you know, 20 yards in a hurry to, to swing momentum. That's just where they are right now. They're terrible in the red zone. I think going into the day, they were 22nd or 23rd in the league, and that's just – that's not going to get it done. And like you said, they, if their offense has games like this, it's going to come back to hurt them in January when you go against other teams that don't make the mistakes that the Eagles made tonight. And I don't really have – like, I didn't gain much confidence from today's game. If you're, if you're looking at, you know, how do I feel about the rest of the season – I feel worse about it after tonight. Uh, I think that's a very fair assessment. First of all, I'd like to say, I think people just give you crap on Twitter because they like to give you crap on Twitter. Because um, I, I think it's fair to say that a red zone, you know, a 15-yard line double pass is not not really a traditional play call. And maybe that's why it works so well. Um, but you can't live off of that. And we know why they struggle in the red zone, right? It, it's really no secret. 
right? They can't run the ball and they have no tight end. Well, I, yes, but I would even say you can't run the ball and you have no go-to guy playmakers, right? Like it doesn't have to be a tight end. Like could have been Antonio Brown or it could be Josh Gordon or in your – if you were a little more positive, optimistic, maybe it's Nikhil Harry in a month. Because we do need to remember – that a month is a really long time in the National Football League, four weeks of games, it, you know, these quarter polls where you start making assessments. But things do happen fast. And maybe Nikhil Harry, your first-round pick, your first-round talent, maybe he's going to be a totally different player in two weeks or three weeks or a month when you need him to be. But for the here and for the now, the reality is your red zone offense is just sort of non-existent and it's because you can't run it and you have no go-to one-on-one you know i'm just going to throw it to this guy because he's going to beat the other guy and we're going to score a touchdown out of this play so that would fall in line with brady's frustrations we ha- we know he hates to kick field goals you were in this game because you kicked three field goals in the first half one of them on a was it a four play one yard drive after the turn one of the turnovers yeah right so a short field again that's the defense helping to keep keep you in the game we know that, yeah, they have a kicker who didn't miss any kicks and hasn't missed any kicks yet, but you can't assume that, I would say. A nope. street free agent, your third kicker of the year. So, like, the, I keep saying it, the room for error and that fine line between winning and losing just feels so tight right now. And, yes, you're winning, but in some ways Brady's tone almost made it feel like a loss. Yeah. So, all right, enough of this negative talk. Let's talk about some positives. Defense. After the the ninety five yard drive, which is you know one of the honestly probably one of the best drives that we've seen in a Patriots game this year, going that far, taking over nine minutes off the clock, the Patriots defense figured it out. I think there was over the next whatever drives it was, they allowed sixty yards on thirty plays. Like they were just playing unbelievable, forcing punts, turnovers. So they figured things out, and that's what the defense that we saw over the first whatever it was eight games of the year they were able to do against a decent offense. But they were also without, you know, <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey. They didn't have a running back. Um, so I guess even that you could sort of put an asterisk where they faced a, a decent offense that was missing a lot of weapons. But with that being said, you do have to give a lot of credit to the defense because they, they won this game and, and played like they played before the Ravens game. Yeah, I give the defense a ton of credit. I was going to ask you how positive I have to stay because this was a team that was without its best receiver, without its best running back without its right tackle, without its left tackle. And the pressure became part of why you were successful on defense. You started to get home. I think five sacks um, you finished with. You started to pressure pressure went. And I would also say the biggest difference in this game, I thought on some level, was you faced two young quarterbacks in your last two games on the road. Two weeks ago, I thought Lamar Jackson stood up to the test and said, I'm a good young quarterback. I'm an MVP candidate, whatever. I'm – I'm not just some young quarterback. And then I thought Carson Wentz didn't really make any plays. He had opportunities to make plays late and missed throws and didn't, I didn't think stood up to the the opportunity at hand to knock off Tom Brady and the Patriots. Cause it was there. It was still there. It was still there for him to take this game. So yeah, defensively, I don't have questions about the pass defense. I'm just to the point where I don't, yeah. I think, whether it's a really good passing attack they face, a mediocre one, a not good, I think they're up to the challenge. I think they'll find a way to be more than competitive, to be productive, to be good. Stefan Gilmore showed you 
he continues to settle into this defense, and really he'll do whatever you ask him to do. You want to put him on a tight end, you put him on Zach Ertz at times, you want to just put him on a receiver, whatever. He's going to do it. Um, they, they weren't perfect. They had some hiccups. They made a, an adjustment where it looked like Jason McCourty played early. Jason McCourty had the key pass interference. Jason McCourty actually got beat on another throw um, that was an incompletion but could have easily been a big play. And then J.C. Jackson came on and made some more plays. And, you know, Terrence Brooks filled in for Patrick Chung, played a lot. You know, it's the guy that hasn't played a ton defensively in his career. They didn't really miss a beat with him out there. He was very active, had a penalty late, which it happens. Negated an interception. It was one of the lowering the helmet. He hit him kind of in the head, whatever. Um, But I, I just, I don't have really questions about the pass defense anymore. The run defense, I thought the Eagles ran the ball a little bit early, and I thought that's why, Bill Belichick talked about they couldn't really get to third down. That was the problem on that first drive. It kept first down, second down, first down, second down. They kept moving the chains before getting to third down. I thought Miles Sanders ran okay early, and I thought they didn't stick with that enough if I were the Philly uh, side of the ball, the perspective. I thought they should have stuck with the run and seen what Miles Sanders could do. But um, the the pass defense is by far the best part of this team. They got back to their third down success. I think it was three of 13. At the end, um, they forced a bunch of punts. Yeah, I, if you want to stay positive and talk about the positive of the New England Patriots, to me, you start and you end with the pass defense. Everything else is questionable. Even the run defense, I still have questions about. Um, and then certainly offensively across the board. Oh, I know where else I can stay positive. Yes. Special teams. Yeah, you were leading me into my next point. Yep. Jake Bailey was good. Eight punts, 46-yard net, 47-yard gross. You needed to lean on your rookie punter, and he got the job done. Yep. And then, um, you know, Nick your kicker, Nick Folk, right? I have doubts, but he's giving me less and less reason. Every week that goes on, he was perfect in Baltimore. He's perfect in Philly. It was a little bit of a windy night. They were short. He had a long kick. What was it, like 40-something yards? Um, yeah, it wasn't that long. but yeah, It was long for Patriots standards. Like they, <laughs> they attempted a kick more than, for more than 40 yards. Um, but he was good. He was he he got the job done. You don't win that game without Jake Bailey and Nick Foles. Nope. Uh, the, the other guy I want to mention on defense, Danny Shelton. I thought he had his best game of the year. Was all over the place. I think seven tackles, a sack, uh, forced fumble, and it, it just sort of that's been what he's been all year. He's really made a, a difference this year, and I thought he has a new attitude this year compared to last year, and it, it's paying off. He along with Lawrence Guy are doing a nice job up front. You know, yes, the run defense is questionable, but those two guys I think are having solid seasons. They are. Now, I just that's where I get into sort of the depth. And, you know, sometimes when they're out there like Lawrence, I've said this before, like Danny Shelton is your prototypical defensive tackle, fire hydrant, whatever you want to call him. Lawrence Guy, Adam Butler, when they're out there, they're more tweeners. They're they're defensive tackles, but they're kind of close to ends They're a little more athletic. They're not the big, true, fat, stout run stuffer guys. Um, but I think they've all played relatively well. Adam Butler got his hands on a key crossing pattern late, yep. deflected the ball. He doesn't catch that. It may have been a touchdown. It was the guy who was wide open behind him. Then there was a receiver that just needed to make one block, and it may have been a touchdown on the left sideline. So that was a key play. Um, Lawrence Guy had the fumble recovery. Um, so they're they're active up front. Um, and again, I don't, do I see them getting beat because the other team just runs the ball? Maybe if the other team is the Ravens, whenever that comes back around in January. But other than that, do I think Houston is just going to run the ball down their throat in a playoff game? Or 
Buffalo or Kansas City. No, I don't really think those teams are built to just run the ball down their throat. So is that a fatal flaw? Probably not. My, I mean, we talk about this a lot that I like to throw that term around, fatal flaw. Like what could be the fatal flaw of this team? I don't know that the defense is going to be a fatal flaw. I think if you look at a fatal flaw, you're going to be saying, how come they didn't score more points? They couldn't find playmakers. It, I, I would go back to the offense. I guess looking forward, uh, or I guess around the rest of the AFC, where, where do they stand right now? I guess they're at the top of the conference, but like if, if you're, you know, if the playoffs started today, do you pick them to go to the Super Bowl? Do you pick them losing in the first round? Like where are you right now and with them compared to the rest of the AFC? It, it would depend on the opponents as sort of things map out in the AFC. Uh, I think the Ravens are a good football team. I think the Ravens are going to be a tough out. They continue to impress, right? They had yep. Seattle. They win in Seattle. They host the Patriots. They beat the hell out of the Patriots. And then they demolish the Houston Texans. Your right? good friend, Bill O'Brien, yep. Billy O'Brien, yep. Didn't quite live up to that big game hype yet again. Um, so I have to, I mean – they are who they are. The Ravens are a good playoff football team. So if they come to Foxborough or if a lot happens between now and then and you happen to have to go there, that's a tough matchup. I may very well be picking the Ravens to win that game. Um, the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are going to be a field team. How do you feel about them yep. in a month and a half from now? Like, what does it look like? What it was Patrick Mahomes doing? Are they back to hitting big plays? Is Andy Reid back to being, you know, the genius who can scheme things up? Or are you just saying, oh, their defense is terrible? Well, even if their defense is terrible, is it terrible enough that the Patriots are going to just suddenly light it up after struggling? Um, I would say my biggest thing is the what you led with. You don't you feel worse about the Patriots after this win? Yep. I agree with you on that. I think when we do this same podcast next week from Gillette Stadium after yep. they host the Dallas Cowboys, a playoff caliber team. Yep. So I think you're going to today. I think you're going to say, I'm feeling better. And I think that's key for them on a couple levels because Dallas is a good team talent-wise, right? You can you can poo-poo Jason Garrett and his ability and, and their ability to win key games and do you know play up to their talent, but they're a talented football team. On paper, they're built to go after the Patriots a little bit. Right. They're going to run the ball. Ezekiel Elliott, a good offensive line went healthy, and Ezekiel Elliott is a good workhorse, you know, Feed him, keep spooning those carries into him. Um, so I, th but they're going to be at home, and it's a massive coaching advantage and adjustment. Yep. So I, as much as I agree with you, I think slightly, and I, I actually think Brady control Brady and Belichick sometimes control these narratives. How do you feel about the team in the game? I think some people are going to take Brady's tone and even Belichick his tone a little bit of sort of celebrating an eight-yard end around to, to Mohamed Sanu and some of the things he said. And we go with that, where they take us in that direction with their tone. And I think some people would say, you got the win and that's all that matters and you're 9-1. and one. But I don't feel great about this win. I think you're going to feel better as of this time a week from now after they play the Cowboys. And if you don't, then that's a problem. Right. I mean, yeah, that's fair. But I think even before – Brady and Belichick spoke, you sort of just felt like it was the yard there with the win, and that's all well and good. But, like, the offense, they had that 80-yard, whatever, 85-yard drive at the third quarter. That was their only real drive of the game. And right. 
that's what we've been looking at going back to weeks, you know, whatever it was, three through seven, where they just don't really move the ball. And that's Brady's frustration is they just can't get anything cl- clicking on offense, no matter what they do. And they don't, they still don't have an identity. Like I thought their identity was short, quick passes. And I guess that's what it was tonight. But you, you can't live off of that. You can't live off of like the, Philip Thorsett got hurt tonight. So that, that's one guy that, that gets down. And can you really rely on Nikhil Harry? You were doing this, Jacoby Myers, like they're role players, but not impact players. Like your your best plays the last two weeks have been screen plays. That that says a lot. Uh yes. And tonight I actually think it was even an accidental best play because it was essentially a missed tackle. It wasn't even great execution where you blocked the guys and then the running back made a nice cut. Uh the running back was wrapped up by a linebacker and the linebacker just didn't make the tackle. He slipped the tackle and kept going. Um, but the flip side of that is I agree with you. Like their offense is what it is. They don't move it consistently. And yet they've played 11 games dated dating back to last February. And yeah. they're 10 and one in those games. And in one of those games, they handed you a big shiny, flashy Tiffany trophy at the end of it. And your only loss is to arguably the second best team in football in their house on Sunday night football. Right? Yeah. That's- so the sky's not falling. It's just what we're what we're trained to to think about around here because it's the Patriots because they go to the AFC title game every year is are they the best team in football are they going to win the final game of the season that they play in and that's where the questions come because of the Ravens loss because you were in a dogfight on a playoff caliber team and you could even argue that that team didn't have its talent didn't step up to the you know Wentz could have played better and made plays. But I also would fall back on the old thing of Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels. They've been through this seemingly endless times, right, where they find some way where they're left for dead or their talent's not good enough and they don't have enough playmakers. And then somehow they find a way to scrap together drives, enough drives. And it, in some ways it may be easier this year because you have to scrap together less drives. You know how I know that? Because their defense is so good. Right. They scrapped together one drive tonight, and it was enough to win the game against a playoff caliber opponent. Right? Right. No. While the margin for error is slim, you do have a great defense. I believe that. I think you have a really, really good defense. Not historic, but really good for the here and the now and the teams that they're going to face. Again, maybe I'll feel differently about that after next week for the negative. Maybe that they will get run on. Maybe Ezekiel Elliott will rush for 150 yards. Or... You know, a couple weeks from now, maybe Deshaun Watson will look like Lamar Jackson. Or maybe Patrick Mahomes will put up 450 yards passing in that game, and Tyreek Hill will be uncoverable. But right now, I I still think it comes down, are you going to get a couple drives out of Tom Brady every game and the Patriots and the passing tag? And tonight you did, right? Because you had one really long drive. You had a couple other, whatever, 40-yard drives to field yeah. goals. Um it, it is what it is. The margin for error is small, but you know what? So is the number of losses in the uh, loss column. It's a very small number. Yeah, my last point is sort of piggybacking what you said. Like, your margin for error is so small, and you're putting – you know, I know Brady's not at his best this year, but you're putting a lot of pressure on him not to turn the ball over. Like, if they turn the ball over tonight, it's a different story. And yep. if they're going to rely on this sort of offense, you know, the take care of the ball, manage the game – you're one turnover away from that working against you and then putting your defense in a bad spot. And 
that's how your season could end, it looks like right now, because it doesn't seem like your offense is good enough to maybe win a game for you. So I, I guess we'll know more next week. I, I think this is sort of a telling week that they can sort of right the ship and build some momentum at home against another playoff caliber team and could build off of this, so to speak. But I think this is this is going to be a telling week, I guess. And I think it'll be doubly telling because you're going to be at home. So if you play well against a playoff caliber opponent at home, you improve to 10-1, and one, and then you also tell yourself, well, the good news is we're going to play at home in January. Hopefully right. we, we don't have to go to any other facility. We don't have to go – I mean, Baltimore is really the only, I would say, legitimate contender oh. number one seed. So, um, But they've also lost home games in the postseason before. And you and I have talked about this, that whole – you know, Chiefs AFC title game rematch could be Chiefs rematch on divisional round weekend. That could be your opening playoff game. Yep. That's that's not the easiest of draws. You know how sometimes they joke about, you know, the tomato cans and the double buys and the post. That would not be a tomato can. Assuming it's Patrick Mahomes with his kneecap intact coming to Foxborough, I don't think that will be a tomato can. But um, again, if you convince us next week, you beat the Cowboys, win at home, and then say, wow, we're 10 and 1 and we're cruising towards home field advantage throughout the postseason. I think the tone will change a little bit. It'll be interesting to see if it changes for TB12, the man who's sort of at the center of this, especially say they just say it's the exact same game as tonight, essentially. Say they win 17-10 or 20-13, to and he really only leads one drive of any consequence, but they get the win. Will he be pouting or pissy or sulky or whatever, you know, doing – a minute and 45 seconds in the Gillette Stadium media workroom? Or will he feel better about it? You know, I saw even our buddy Mike Giardi, frequent contributor to the Off Day podcast, um, noted how Bill Belichick seemed to seek out Tom Brady and, tell, and laud him for the good job. Well, he didn't really have a good game. So I don't think Bill really believes he had a good game, but maybe he senses sort of the the emotion and the, the the down and out nature of his quarterback right now. And, and that's why I think you might get a sit down with him and Josher at some point. Cause we saw that, I think it was before the Jets game when they had an extended break after the Giants game where Brady alluded to different expectations. And I think somebody had a conversation with him, whether it's Josh or Bill basically saying like this offense is what it is. It's, it is that's you are what you are right now. And we're relying more on our defense. So maybe that same topic will be, reiterated him this week and maybe he'll have a different attitude where he knows he's not going to have an offense that's going to put up 30 plus points it's going to be relying on defense or and and this is going to come off sounding snarky but I don't necessarily intend it to be maybe he'll pull out one of his self-help books or one of his Tony Little is that the guy's name Tony Little tapes or Tony Little no, that's the guy with the ponytail who did the fitness machines. Tony Robbins? Tony Robbins. He'll pull out one of his Tony Robbins tapes and maybe get his mind right. You know how in the past he's gone to see his throwing coach when he's had a mechanical issue? Yep. Maybe this is a little bit more psychological. Maybe he needs one of those self-help books or Tony Robbins or one of those guys to, to get him moving in the right direction. All right, so visit our website, wei.com. Lots of uh, post-game stuff coming at you between now and uh, Monday. And also, subscribe, follow us, Off Day Pod on Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff, reviews, please and thank you. Peace out.